Hello, welcome to Be With The Word. This is episode 53. I am Dr. Jerry Crete, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am with... I am Dr. Peter Milanowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana. And this week is the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. So this is a great episode to end our very first full calendar year of of be with the word we started last advent in 2019 and this is the week before advent 2020 so this is awesome this is a landmark episode and (laughs) changing things up next week just gonna get we'll say more about it at the end of the episode but just giving a heads up we're um i'm i'm gonna be uh uh, taking over the reins solo, kind of solo for the new Be With The Word starting an Advent, but I will be bringing in guests. I will be focusing on marriage, family, raising kids, a lot of practical things, still bringing in the psychological element and still focus on uh, the readings. And But also I'm going to be bringing in more uh, on Hear The Word. And there's going to be a focus on uh, deepening our Catholic meditation practices. So all that's coming up. But this episode, uh, we've got a good one. Dr. Peter is leading it, and we were arguing a little bit about the title. I think we settled on Be the Best Sheep You Can Be. Be the best sheep you can be. That's where we went to. That's where we went to. We were considering, I had floated uh, something along the lines of accepting your inner goat, you know, doing some inner goat work. Um, and, uh, you know, just thought yeah, maybe this would be a little better for those that don't know us, don't understand quirky sense of humor that we have. Um, you know, we thought man, we'd be a little we'd be a little safer with this one. So. Oh, and I should say, if you haven't read the readings yourself, yeah, or gone yeah. over to hear the word and listen to us read them to you, you will know, right? You won't know why, but it's gonna. <laughs> it, the first reading is all about the sheep and the goats being separated by the shepherd or by God, and then of course there's the gospel of. Jesus is going to separate, you know, separate the right. sheep and the goats. So that's right. why. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, the, the gospel is the, uh, you know, the final judgment when the sheep and goats are separated. So that's why we want to make sure, you know, that we're in with the sheep. So we're working on being the best sheep we can be. And you have an interesting activity we're going to be doing, right? Where we're going to yeah. do a little kind of medita- meditative type uh, imagery kind of thing. And I think we should do that sooner in the episode. Yep, that's great. Because I think it'll be interesting to hear how what comes up for me and what comes up for you as we process that activity. Right. More about the activity. Yeah, just so so, you know, when our Lord continually referred to us as sheep, this wasn't considered like a compliment. It wasn't considered, you know, um, you know, something that really, um, you know, floated people's boats. And I think that was true 2000 years ago. And it's certainly true in uh, in the U.S. now. Right. I mean, one of the things that um, you know sort of comes to mind about being referred to as sheep. I can't remember what movie it was, but, uh, you know, one of the, the, the villains was in this old Western said, you know, if if God hadn't, if God hadn't wanted them sheared, he wouldn't have made them sheep, right? Because these were, these were, um, 
like basically kind of Western gangsters that were fleecing or extorting from, you know, the villagers, right. From the poor people. So, so this idea of being a sheep, right. Involves all this vulnerability and involves all this um, need for direction. And it's all kinds of things that, that, you know, our internal natures may rebel against, particularly if we've been raised to be independent, to be strong and so forth. So, and sheep are so, kind of pretty dumb, right? Like, well, you know what? They are, yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot of different qualities. I've had sheep. I have sheep. In fact, we're uh, we're coming to the end of the of the of the season. Um, I've never had a sheep, just for the record. We've had sheep, and I've had goats too. Okay. And I've had goats, and I will never have goats again. I, well, I should never say that, but I found goats to be far more of a challenge to raise than sheep, and so. And so, um, you know, the contrast is very clear uh, in my mind about like what it means to be a sheep in the flock and what it means to be a goat in the flock. Or goats like stubborn and... and... Yeah. Well, you, 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 know, you, you know the adjective capricious, right? Um, capricious actually comes from the Latin meaning goat, right? Capricorn, right? That's the goat, right? The constellation. And so goats are curious. They're independent. They, they're very troublesome. They love to explore it. They, they are, there's an old saying, um, in, 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 in homesteading that if your fence won't hold water, it won't hold a goat. You know, and, and okay. there are there's there's sort of funny uh, fence building instructions about you know how to create essentially a fortress to try to keep your goats in, because okay. goats just love to break out. If they see a fence, they want to be on the other side of it. I mean, that's so part of the nature are of goats. pains in the butt. They really, they really are. And one of the reasons why I did not want to keep goats after my initial experience with them is that I was absolutely sure because I have a home office, right? I see clients in a separate wing of my, of my home. Yeah. There's a second property on my second house on my property and we connected it with the breezeway, but I was absolutely sure that, you know, some client would come out sometime and find a goat on the hood of the car, on the hood of their car, because they're like that. They also love to climb. They like to be on top of things. Um, goats are, are difficult. They're headstrong. They're extremely agile. They are climbers and, um, you know, here. they, they love to get into mischief. They get bored easily, you know, so they love to get into mischief. So, so, you know, these qualities, um, many of them, uh, we, we really value in our culture and it's not that they're all bad. It's just that the, in contrast with the sheep, the goats much more of a handful. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. It's good to know. It really helps to make sense because I really have no biases between goats and sheep in particular, having only seen them in petting zoos and they were both rather aggressive. (laughs) So that's all I know. So that's helpful. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, billy goats and so forth, they'll, they'll, they'll play with you. They'll knock you off your feet and so forth. And occasionally a, 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 a ram will do that. A male sheep will do that too. But not nearly so much as a goat. Goats will do it out of like fun. You know, they'll do it out of like a sense of spite. And if you if you look at the way that they're represented in mythology, right, there are no gods in Greek or Roman mythology that take the form of sheep. You know, but if you look at 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 um, at goats, I think Pan is actually uh, often presented at, in the form of a goat. Bacchus would be the okay. Roman. The yeah, yeah, exactly. So wild, you know, wild and, and, and so forth. So, well, you know, it's interesting. And I always find it 
fascinating right reading this passage because when you suggested hey let's what about the idea of do your inner doing inner goat work a little part of me hears yeah but the goats are gonna be thrown into hell (laughs) (laughs) why would you do work with them and of course it's it's you know our lord uh is talking in metaphors obviously because we're not literal goats and sheep but so i don't think he means to preclude you know that a goat could not, in a sense, become a sheep if it did some work. Right. That's a, then I think that's the critical point. Right. Exactly. You're getting into because goats were cherished and valued, you know, by Middle Eastern herdsmen. They they were they're they're you know sources of meat, sources of leather, um, and so you know I mean we know that you know like Saint John the Baptist wore goat skins, you know, so clothing. I mean all right. kinds of. All kinds of benefits can come from goats. But I think what our Lord is talking about is the internal disposition of the animals. Right. The internal disposition of the animals. You can kind of see that in uh, Chinese mythology, for example, because in their zodiac, you know, when you have what they often is called the year of the sheep, that actually doesn't translate exactly as sheep. It could mean goat as well, or or even a ram. They don't make those 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 in that zodiac they don't make and we're not getting new agey or you know being um an indifferentist when it comes to religion here but you know there there's a there's almost like an equivalency there right so what what we're talking about is like what what kind of dispositions do i nurture do i foster do i um do i allow to dominate within me that's what's going to make the difference um you know in our day of of judgment not whatever our genetic loading was, yeah. you know, for example. Yeah. Well, before we get to do this activity, um, just one thought I had and that occurred to me as, you know, as we were reviewing these readings and then reading them again, um, was Christ the King, right? Or King of the right. Universe. And I always think it's an interesting title for Christ, right? King. And it is, he does, I believe, say the word King in Matthew. But a lot of time that evokes a lot for me. Right. And then this whole, a lot of the messaging around goats are going to be knocked off into eternal flame and, and sheep over here are beloved and, and all this. And some of the messaging, and then in Corinthians, you know, it's Christ is going to destroy powers and authority and sovereignty and everything. And, and so there is, I have a little reaction, right. A little bit to that. And it doesn't always feel consistent with, all the other messages I get from right. the and everything. But then right. but this is where, to me, it's really cool, is that there's this little, like, little swing there. There are, are there are a little twist where all of a sudden he tells us, right, in the Gospels, what it means to be a sheep, which is, or what it means to be on his side, which isn't about authoritarianism and dominance and tyranny. It's, it's you have to welcome strangers, clothe the, the the naked, care for the ill, give food to them. So all of a sudden, like to me, this is the beauty and power and majesty of our of our scriptures. Was it took some concept that immediately we kind of get, and then flips it in a way that makes us go, "Oh, wait a second, am I <laughs> am I am you know I could get on board with yeah, Jesus, I'm with you, you know, and all this, and and you know, take them down, <laughs> and then." <laughs> And instead, he's like saying, yeah, well, watch out. Are you doing these things? Because that's right. what makes you one of the sheep. Right. 
Well, and if you tie that back to the first reading in Ezekiel, and so there are 10 verses in Ezekiel 34 that, that exist before our passage in the gospel today. And in those first 10 verses of Ezekiel 34, um, the prophet Ezekiel speaking for God is condemning the shepherds of Israel for having plundered the flock for having grown fat off the flock, for having scattered the flock, for having been uh, taking advantage of the flock. There is this huge um, condemnation, really, of the faults, the flaws, the sins of the shepherds, the sins of the spiritual leaders of Israel. And so, and I was also thinking about what, you know, what does our Lord want us to do? Does he want us to rise up? Does he want the sheep to unite, to arm themselves, you know, to put daggers in their teeth and go after the shepherds, right? right? right. Uh, no, what What does he say? What does he say in, uh, in, in Ezekiel? He says, I will rescue them. I will take the initiative. I will bind them up. He's going to be the one to, to, um, you know, to, to take over. He's not advocating a revolution. If you go to the gospel, what is he asking us to do, right? As sheep, right? He's asking us to, you know, to do these corporal and spiritual works of mercy, right? To love our neighbor, right. recognizing Christ in our neighbor. It is not about revolution. It is not about, you know, overthrowing governments or, you know, overthrowing uh, the institution of the church or things like that. It's about, it's about loving. Right. So it is, he sets the pattern like in Ezekiel, he says he will take care of us. Right. In Matthew, he says you have to do that to others. Right. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Very harmonious. Well, let's do an activity, eh? Yeah, let's do it. Well, so so this is going to be um, this is going to be an imaginative exercise uh, in which I'm going to invite you to really notice what happens in your internal experience as I walk you through some things, okay? So I'm gonna lead you through some exercises and I'm gonna invite you to notice what your experience is because in noticing that, you're going to pick up on what are some of the potential pitfalls for you becoming the best sheep you can be. Okay, so it's a number of different little exercises. I'm going to encourage you to have a pencil and paper, pen and paper, uh, something to write down to make some notes with, because this is something that you can take with you later in prayer, things, things that you can take to your examination of consciousness, you can discuss with friends and so forth. So, so in, um, in psychology, we have, especially psychodynamic psychology, which I was trained in, we do have this thing which is called structured associations. And in this, you're going to write down the first thing that comes to mind when I give you certain words. Okay? The first thing that comes to mind. Right? This is a structured association. It's different than free association. In free association, you just say whatever comes to your mind without any stimulus words at all. This is structured association. So I'm going to give you a word, first thing that comes to mind. All right? So we ready? Okay. And again, if you're driving, uh, it's not time to necessarily do this. Might be a good time to stop, do it later at home or whatever. But so the first one. Wolf. You're writing down the first thing that comes to mind. Flock.
shepherd. Lamb. Sheep. Protect. Gate. Lord. Okay. That's the first thing. And it can be surprising sometimes what immediately comes up when you do a structured association, right? But that was a thematic one. You know, obviously they all sort of hung together. Um, and so oh, we can kind of start there if you want, uh, just with your reactions, Jerry. We can go on to another part of this if you want. Whatever whatever seems oh, to work. Let's do it. Let's talk about our reactions. I think it'd be All right. All right. Now, oh, I great. can't give you mine because when you're doing the structured association, obviously I know what the words are. So oh, it's okay. yeah, so I can't, it's not so helpful to but me. You know yours a little bit. So I do know, I do know. Yeah. And I have a lot of reactions to being a sheep. There's a lot of parts of me that really react about being a sheep because for, for me, a lot of the feeling is it's not safe, right? I was, I was raised, I, I had, I wasn't raised this way, but I had experiences growing up where to be, to be uh, humble, to be docile that wasn't, that wasn't always safe. Right. You know, so there was, there seemed to be some safety in being big and being strong, right. And being your own man. And there was a lot of uh, reinforcement that I got from, from acting in those ways. So this whole idea of being a sheep is something that, you know, historically has been difficult for me. Now you didn't ask me, I hope I didn't get it wrong, <laughs> but you didn't ask me like what I think of being a sheep myself. You just no, the whatever the first word is that comes to mind okay. when with, in response to each one of those. That could be different. Like, I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Self is each of these things. No, no, no. This isn't necessarily. No. <laughs> and in fact, what, what you know, the way that you can use this is to see like what kinds of associations and what are those associations? You can explore any one of those associations in greater depth. Mm -hmm. So if you had one that you thought was particularly interesting or puzzling to you, we could explore that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, do we go through them? Yeah. I mean, if there's one that stood out, you know, oh, or um, um, the one that you were surprised by or well, one that you I, thought okay, was particularly evocative. Yeah. Here's what one that jumped out was lamb versus sheep. For mm -hmm. lamb, I had gentle, but for mm -hmm. sheep, I had stupid. Ah, okay. So very different. So my image of a lamb, even though they're the same animal, right? Like a lamb is... Right. A just a baby sheep. sheep. Yeah. A lamb is a baby so, sheep. A lamb was is to me just soft and gentle and kind of, you know, very nice. Whereas a sheep is this, and probably along with stupid, like I actually think of them as kind of a little just a dirty farm animal. <laughs> I don't, like they're kind of smelly and dirty, you know, and, like, and they're they're supposedly stupid and everything. So. Uh, but whereas a lamb somehow doesn't evoke that, a lamb, they mm -hmm. seem, in my mind anyway, they're clean, they're mm -hmm. new, they're fluffy. Mm -hmm. Whereas sheep <laughs> are like hard, right? They're rough. I find their, right. their fur is rough or whatever. And so right. 
you know, really there's quite a difference. In, in quite that. a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's an element here that's really interesting about the age, right? If it's a young, mm-hmm. it's a young one that's endearing. These qualities are somewhat endearing, but if it's older, right, then this cuteness and naivete and so forth turns into stupidity. Interesting. Yeah. And, and incompetence really kind of right. You know, yeah. uh, and dirtiness. Well, I guess incompetence, you didn't say that, but like dirtiness, you know, that whole, that whole ch- chain of associations. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I couldn't at first come up with anything for gate, except I had a visual in my head of a particular kind of farm style gate Mm-hmm. that I've seen that are metal and, and that. So I, I, it was interesting that nothing, like I felt like it took me a minute and right. I go back. I had the mental, right. but no word that came. That sometimes will happen. And you know what? It, that sometimes it, you're actually getting a deeper thing. Sometimes when you get to an image like that, it's pre-verbal. So, you know, Freud was actually the one that came up with the structured association task. This is something that's straight out of Freud. It's been around for over 100 years. Uh, And in later decades, you know, especially in the last couple of decades, we've gotten much greater appreciation for nonverbal ways of communicating because some of what we know, some of what our experiences are, some of the ways that we express things within ourselves are are, a lot of it's not verbal. Right. So, yeah. So it's not surprising that there's an image. And another thing, actually, now that I'm thinking about it with Wolf was that I said teeth, but it was because I actually had that image of from Little Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. of, the, of the wolf in grandma's bed with the grandma's mm-hmm. outfit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which takes me back, right? Because I would have had no actual experience of a wolf as a kid. And so really never, I don't know that I've ever met a wolf, to be honest. I've seen foxes. Maybe I've seen a wolf in a a zoo or something but but i have no practical and yet i always knew it was horrible and the images in pictures of the wolf right pretty exaggerated so to me it's the teeth and the scariness of it being like a little abnormal that a wolf is wearing grandma's outfit well that's what really struck me is that that if that's where you go right there you have a disguised wolf yeah right Right. You know, when you go to that image of Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf in grandma's in grandma's clothing and grandma's bed, not only do you have a wolf, but you have a wolf pretending to be something else, Mm -hmm. you know, pretending to be a loving figure. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, sort of brings up to me like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. Because that's kind of what uh, our Lord was 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 uh, was really going after in the first part of Ezekiel in the 10 verses prior to the. um, to the uh, to the passage we had for the first reading for for the Sunday's Mass, so yeah, and that's often the experience that people have had that there has been something in the past where it, it was supposed to be safe but it wasn't. Yeah, interesting. Like I would say the word flock read up just a crowd of people, and I don't like crowds. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what that means other than I, you know, I. I think I'm just more independent and I like my space. And so it, we didn't ask this, but if I was to imagine myself as a sheep in a flock, I do get a negative reaction to that. Not because, and probably different reasons from you, like, cause I know you've shared before, like being, you know, the idea of being a sheep and you were saying mm-hmm. a moment ago, like you want to be big and strong and not humble. And right. For me, it's more, uh, I don't, I'm not so, much tr- because I want to be bigger and stronger. 
uh, so much. It's more, I want to be independent. I want to be alone. I want to do my own thing. What's the value of being independent for you? Um, what's the, what's the upside, you know, as you, as you imagine that? Yeah, I think for me, um, well, a couple of things. So one is that if I am not, if I'm dependent, then, you know, I could imagine a flock of sheep going off a cliff. I could imagine, um, feeling like I'm in a crowd and I'm smothered. I could imagine all kinds of things like that. Whereas if I'm independent, even if I'm on my own in the forest, I take care of myself. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, my fate is not with them. Yeah. So you don't trust the other sheep. I have trust issues. Yeah. And you don't trust that the shepherd will actually keep order in the flock. No. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes, for sure. And you know, that's so interesting. Yeah. Because that makes sense to me for a lot of reasons. Like even the recent election stuff, right? That everybody, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and you know, things or even our Pope or bishops, like, like, I think I manage it pretty well. And I try to distance myself from it and just say, you know what, I'm just going to trust in God. Right. Which is kind of what I'm doing. Right. Like, right. Like my strategy, if the Pope says something that I don't get or makes me concerned, if a, if a politician, like a president or somebody says something that disturbs me, it's like, I just set distance from it. I'm going to go do my own. I can pray on my own. I can right. take care of my own self and not deal with it. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's, that is in some ways what our Lord is saying in Ezekiel, right? Because there you had, again, a situation in which there had been a massive repudiation of the of responsibility among Israel's shepherds. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and so in, you know, what, what does he emphasize over and over again? He says, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. So that's the first time he said that. And then he said, I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest as the Lord God. You know, he said he gives eight, nine, ten things that he's going to do as the shepherd. So we have to remember that the shepherd is our Lord, right? Mm-hmm. I am the good shepherd. Right. And he's given us these other pastors. Right. Um, And they're men. They're fallible. They make mistakes. They sin. uh, Some of them um, out of weakness. uh, Some of them out of malice. Um, I think part of that is to remind us part of the reason why God allows that is so that we don't have a bunch of uh, gurus running around within the church uh, that we put our trust in. And that trust should be going really to God. So one of the opportunities that we have here, when there are human failings among the episcopacy, you know, when there are uh, when there is confusion emanating from Rome, uh, is that it's a reminder to us about who is God actually, because we often have the the temptation to reify human beings, right? To somehow put people on a pedestal, idealize them, and trust them in ways that really only God should be trusted. Okay, so this, so then what's interesting to me is we're psychoanalyzing me a little bit here. Right. Um, what's interesting to me then, and I'll bring you into it, is that um, for you getting safety in a flock that is, right, maybe in some way problematic, is to get big and strong, like you right. said, and right. fight, fight the right. system. Right. And my way is to get out of the flock and go find my own little, uh, 
TP and <laughs> you know, do my own thing. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Right, right. And, and for both of us, there's trust issues. Like, right, exactly. Mine is that I, and oh, the wolf in sheep's clothing is really interesting because I feel like for me, looking at the different politicians, whoever, I'm not going to name them, but whoever they might be on both sides produces that reaction for me. Right. So right. I don't know if I, I want, I think we have an inclination that we want to find the ideal leader that we think is just perfect and wonderful and we can totally trust. And I feel like whoever presents that way or whatever, I can't. Right. Um, so it's a challenge. I don't know what I'm, if I'm doing it wrong, right? But I, I don't, you know, that I don't trust, right? And at the same time, what do I do with my mistrust? Well, I think it's, I think again, it's, it, it's, it can be hard to trust in God. I mean, it requires faith. I mean, we, we can't always feel his presence, right? In a way that we can, if we're, you know, in, in the presence of somebody else, or even if we're watching somebody on, on a screen, right? So, um, so it, and there's going to be this space where we can choose to believe or choose to not believe, right? There's a space where we can choose to be the sheep or we can choose to be the goat, yeah. um, you know, and, and ultimately the accumulation of those choices over time is going to determine whether we can tolerate being in the presence of the living God or not. Right. Because, again, I don't think it's so much God is condemning people to hell and, you know, he's sort of cackling and he's got his hand on the on the lever that opens the trap door, just waiting for us to like, you know, just waiting to be able to send us to hell. It's not how it is. Right. right? But if we don't develop those dispositions, then we can't we won't want to be in the presence of the living God. Yeah. I mean, so, I, you know, that's cool. And I think that is a big struggle for a lot. I actually didn't have that reaction. I it wasn't about tolerating God's love. It's about tolerating the other sheep in the flock. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm mean to them. It's just that my attitude would be to check out. Right. And now right. I am a counselor. So I actually do help people. I hope so, <laughs> um, I do think that I am moved by the gospel. Right. Side of it, because it says right. basically, if you are like the goal here is, if I am sort of self-centered and making like myself the center of attention and the, and all that, and trying to get powerful, then I'm actually a goat. Whereas right. if, even if I'm a sheep who wants to run away, um, if I'm actually trying to help other sheep, right. If I am doing, and I'm receiving that from God, first of all, I think I have to get that from God and then I can give that to others. Then I'm actually a cool sheep. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why people may want to be in contact with the other sheep, you know, and some of them is because there's a hope that the other sheep will actually meet my needs, you know. Um, I mm. think there's other, you know, other reasons why people want to be in relationship with the flock. Some of those are because, again, hopefully I'll get my needs met. And I think sometimes when people come to a point in their work, when they realize that, you know, other people, there are certain needs other people just won't or can't meet then there can be that desire to pull away, right? Uh, and so you can sometimes see extroverts become more introverted, right? Because they're like, hey, it's costly to be in these relationships, you know, um, and I'm not sure that my needs are going to get met. So the question is, can we can we have those needs met by God 
so that we can pass on that love to other people like is described uh, in, in the gospel. Yeah. 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 I love that. And then even introverts can start to look like extroverts when they are responding to that. That's right. That's right. Right. When the introvert feels nourished, right. And then reaches out, not because there's a hope that the other person's going to give them something, but because they have something to give to the other person, something that that other person needs, right. They're reaching out in love and in a purer form of love than one that hopes for something in return, right. That reciprocity, you know, is not so prominent anymore, but I'm going to reach out. Um, and, you know, and those examples are, are, are pretty clear, right. You know, a lot of people, when they visit prisons, you know, there's not a hope that, you know, you're going to get asked out, you know, to that person's party, uh, you know, uh, you know, because they're in prison, right. Or if they're in destitute in terms of food, clothing, shelter, um, you know, so there's a pure sort of love involved with that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. What's I thought one word too that you, you said was Lord. And when you did that, I settled on Christ in glory is what I wrote down. Um, and it's interesting because I've, I realized I'm a little stumped with that word. And um, it's not my typical go-to image of God. Mm-hmm. Or, or certainly not of Jesus. Honestly, Christ the King isn't my go-to image for Christ either. So I think that th- there I was a little, and then of course the Lord, all kinds of things come up for me that kind of get in the way. Like I, I start imagining, like to me, it's in, in French, like the Seigneur. And I get that, but I also had to, like, I think more connecting to the nobility or aristocracy of France is that just me? Maybe I'm a bit weird. But when I so I think of Lord, I think of like like aristocrat, human aristocrats, right? And right stuff like that, right? I have to like go. Wait, I don't. You know, part of me like, okay, that's not where I want to go in my head. Like, thinking of God, and then then I came up with Christ and glory. So so I did a little mental gymnastics. Uh, actually, I should have just wrote down. I guess whatever first comes to mind that's that's how we typically do it because that's the thing that you know we are probably resisting right that's the thing that we're probably going to want to try to to massage out of existence um you know and uh and i think it's good to know what those things are i think it's really good for us to be in touch with our goatiness you know if you will um because i don't think repression suppression denial those things are actually going to get rid of it um right I think I think we there's reasons why we have these other characteristics, you know, fear, there's anger, there's rebellion, because I've got a lot of rebellion in me, right? So that's part of the reason why it's hard for me to think of being a sheep, because you never think about sheep, you know, leading la resistance, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and so forth, you know, I, I do sometimes have this image of a sheep, you know, with a dagger in its teeth and an eye patch, you know, it's rising up, you know, uh, it's scaring, you know, and, and, and scaring the shepherds into submission. What horror um, movie did you grow up watching? <laughs> I don't know if that's a horror movie. It would be a terrible one. I don't know if there's ever been a horror movie made about the sheep rising up. You I know, the closest I can think of is the birds, right? With the birds. The <laughs> I always thought that was funny, like literally funny. All of a sudden, I mean, it is creepy in a way, but that the birds of all things right. would right. gang up on us. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you think it's sort of innocuous, right? So, um, 
Well, we've got another. We're already in this quite a ways. I don't know. Do we want to do another one or? Uh, oh, um, what well, do you think? I've got one more. Thirty-five kind of, minutes. I think we're at, like we're needing to wrap up. I think. All right, all right. We'll wrap it up. Maybe we'll do it at some point uh, in the future. But take a look at take a look at your responses to that that list of words, right? And really think about like what might it be. Ask yourself why did I say this word? Why did this word come up? And if you create a space and you've got the openness, you'll find start finding some answers. This is a way, this is one of the ways that Freud originally came up with to be able to access aspects of ourselves that we're not aware of, parts of ourselves, if you will, that we're not aware of, that hold certain things. You know, so for yeah. example, my rebellious part, I've been able to work with that part, which I would think of as a goatee part, right? If I just let that dominate, uh, it would lead to all kinds of troubles troubles for me. But, you know, one of the things I've come to with my rebellious part is, well, let's rebel against the things that really deserve rebellion, right? This part really loves to think of Christ as a rebel, right? Rebelling against the, um, the uh, social iniquities of the time, right? My rebellious part loves the passage in Ezekiel before this passage where, you know, Ezekiel is giving it to the, to the, uh, to the bad shepherds, right? You know, and saying, yeah, God's actually not okay with this, you know? So, and in working with that part of me, then um, he's, that part of me is much more cooperative. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. That part doesn't need to act out. I'm not troubled by rebellious impulses, right? When I don't take care of that part, when I'm not a pen, you know, when I'm not attending to that part, that part I get, I get uh, impulses to want to watch uh, action movies, you know, on YouTube with violence in them and stuff like that, because that part like carries a lot of the anger and frustration about, for example, the election or about the confusion around same-sex unions and so forth that's come out recently, you know, about that kind of stuff. So uh, rather than just sort of like try to pretend that that part doesn't exist, stuff it away, right. you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to work with that part. I appreciate that part. And I want to bring that part into the flock of my own, right? You know, into my own flock of parts, if you will. So there's actually like this own flock that I have inside when you think about these things in terms of like internal family systems, for example, which is one of the, which is the primary therapy model that I use. So, um, and I think that when the meditations and stuff that I'm going to be adding to hear the word, I think that this makes sense. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have framed it as structured associations and so on. Right. I can definitely incorporate some of that because that's part of the idea would be that you do allow those things to surface right? so that you can then like, you're not hiding them and you're not, re- you get to a point where you're not reacting right? right? and you're right. actually caring maybe, or realizing the strengths or putting it, you're able to put it in perspective and therefore I think able to moderate. So like, to me, it's very Thomistic in a way, if you can make that connection right between how do you, like moderation, right? So right. you don't want right. to be like, what would happen like between docility and I don't know what the, uh, the other side, if it's rebellion, right? If you, if you, what, what is the actual middle ground there? Right. Cause we don't, we don't want docility. Like, like you're just a doormat at everybody. Right. Right. You have no energy to do anything and everybody right. steps on you versus right. being a rebellion. Like you were describing, like what right. would it look like? To, to have a moderate path, right? Right. Sometimes we have to stand up and be firm. Right. And other Sometimes times 
we have to be receptive and listen. And can we get that space? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. beautiful. That's exactly, that's exactly, you know, and so the, so the, the central thing within internal family systems would be integration, right? How do we ha- hold all of this in a space at once and have access to it all at once instead of just cycling through different parts of ourselves, you know, like the different emotions and inside out, you know, taking over the control panel, right? Yeah. The control panel, right? Um, and so that we're not at the mercy of any of those because I think what happens is sometimes we just give ourselves over to one passion. And, you know, that, that leads us into a lot of trouble. And, you know, these passions, you know, have these goatee, these goatee characteristics. And I think that's what our Lord's talking about in the gospel. It's, yeah. um, it's about, um, yeah, this lack of integration. Yeah. Okay. Well, so this has been a good discussion and, uh, yeah. I hope, I hope people get excited next week. I'm going to be steering the ship solo for a while. And uh, and at least as we're playing this next year, Dr. Peter is, if you haven't been listening to the coronavirus Carpe Diem podcast, you can get, if you, you're not going to, you're not going to miss Dr. Peter <laughs> over there. Um, and it doesn't mean he's not going to come in with the words. Right, right, so right. it's just where I'm, it's going to let me f- kind of flesh out some stuff that I've been really excited to do and bring in some guests and really talk about marriage and really talk about vocations and discernment and really talk about raising kids and 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 a lot of stuff that i'm i really get into and i think i need guests sometimes that come in right bounce those off and to try some things and 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 uh so really excited about the practical side of it to be with the word is going to take meanwhile still connecting to our liturgy uh readings um and i'm really excited about hear the word also because wanting to, to offer some meditations and um, some, you know, you can just listen to it and stop, you know, just listen to the readings or, or you can keep going and, and listen to some, some things that will help you really reduce anxiety, I think, reduce a lot of inner turmoil and dissonance going on within and, and really be able to do kind of what we're talking about here is maybe allow some things to come to the surface and treat yourself in a kinder, more gentle, but real way, and 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 develop moderation, right? Uh, develop uh, wholeness, and maybe uh, unburden ourselves of the things that um, you know get us into trouble sometimes. So I'm how, really excited how, about this. Um, so I'm thinking about this, Dr. Jerry. How long are those going to be? The new hear the words. I mean, is this something that's going to be like 40 um, it's minutes? Pretty or? short. Okay. So, um, and I, and I'm going to be open to feedback, right? right? If people want them longer or people say it's too long, but the readings themselves will probably take seven, eight, nine minutes. And then we're talking about maybe an additional couple more minutes. Okay. So really do want to keep it under 15 minutes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm open to feedback if people are wanting more, you know, and, and I'd like, to, and I want to tie it in perhaps also with what's discussed at be with, uh, be with the word. So the, the two things kind of come together, right? Right. Um, so we're talking about marital issues and within that we're talking about, you know, how to be maybe more forgiving with your spouse when you're angry or something like this. Well, that might be also what comes up uh, in some way in the meditation and hear the word. So. I'm working on making, I want, I want it to feel like an integrated, the two shows are integrated. Right. Now that makes perfect sense. I'm looking forward to them. 
I think it's going to be great to see what you do. And, uh, and I think it's going to be like, just, it's just, it's going to be a, a, a totally different direction. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And there's lots of fun things too. Um, obviously Dr. Peter has the community, uh, right. there's a branch out of the Carpe Diem show that's resilient Catholics, but I, I think that's going on hold, right? That's on hold. Well, right the now. community is rolling along. We just, we're just not accepting new members right now. And right. so there's a waiting list. If you go to soulsandhearts.com backslash RCCD, you can get on the waiting list. Uh, but that's where we do a lot of the experiential stuff as well. You know, if you really like the stuff that we're doing today with the structured associations and so forth, we do all kinds of that stuff in the resilient Catholics Carpe Diem community. And that's going to reopen early in 2020. Right. And you've been on, you were on Dr. Doctor recently as well. Dr. Doctor, yeah. And we did some experiential work in there. Um, We did an episode on um, psychosomatic symptoms. Uh, And so this is where you express psychological or emotional distress through your body. Right. And almost all of us do that. And so it was neat to be able to work with uh, with the physicians on that show. And that's that's really exciting. We've got a link to that up on the on the website as well. Uh, Take a look at our guest appearances page because you had some stuff, too. You worked with uh, you were you you did some some stuff with uh, um, with John Welch over TV. Yeah. John Welch and Patrick. Yeah. So yeah, we actually talked about sexual fetishes. We got to other, we got, we ended up talking, uh, John actually did a lot of opening up uh, in terms of where he struggles still with some addictive behaviors. And so, you know, we did get into some of that uh, as well. Uh, actually, a little bit of internal family systems yeah. came up and firefighters and this kind of thing. And, and uh, so that's, there's a lot packed into that one. Um, right. Also, Dr. Mario uh, Sacasa. Sacasa, who, yeah. yeah. He's an LMFT uh, in uh, Louisiana, and uh, he is a, a really interesting uh, therapist, and he's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I was on his show, and uh, we talked about really boundaries and codependency and relationships. So a lot of the things that I'm really wanting to bring into be with the word in the coming year. So um, take a listen to that as well. And I think he's going to write some blogs for us too. So we can, oh, it'd be great to have him on board. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. So, yeah. So we got tons of stuff coming this next year. 2021 is going to be better than before. And it's going to where souls and hearts keeps growing. So if you haven't already go on souls and and sign up to get our weekly messages so that you can know about all the things going on ah all right and like and subscribe and all that business on youtube and we're on apple and uh podcasts and spotify and all those those awesome places so uh stay with us and uh let's keep growing together sounds great all right so until next time be still believe be loved loved. take good care God bless you all.